Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to be. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Joey Clark. Oh, hello, everybody. And welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Just picked this up on vinyl this weekend. For only like 20 bucks, it was like 50 online. How's the quality? Oh, it's, it's a brand new pressing. It's bad out of hell. Meat luck. And I, um... Well, Monday's with Troy is back. Troy is here. Howdy, howdy. Now, you've been struggling with your own back injury. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, man. It sucks. Yeah, you were walking a bit like like you've been riding a horse for a while. Yeah. Like, like you're straddling something that isn't there. Well, that's what the nerve is telling the rest of my body to do, so. I hate you're going through that, but I'm happy you're here. Yeah, me too. And uh, I listened to this song, like while reading the lyrics booklet and it's so good it's so intense and you know kind of reminds me of something i still have that's an issue like you know you're the greatest thing ever i love you wherever you go there's always going to be light but i gotta get out i gotta break it out now before the final crack of dawn it's like i gotta run away like a bat out of hell it's like that's very kind of you to say that about me (laughs) you're welcome you're welcome. Like I'm, I'm tired of stringing you along with one night stands, but I suppose that's it's meant to be. <laughs> Started with the spooning on the cruise, uh, but this album, folks, go revisit it. The guy actually at the shop, I picked it up. asked, like, good decision. Like, yeah, it's a good decision. Thank you for telling me what I already knew. Not you know that he's just connecting on our mutual love of meatloaf. It's like, yeah, I know what's going on here. Um. But sitting down, and I'll get to another song where I was sort of reflecting. Cat uh, Stevens, Father and Son. Because I also picked up the Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2 soundtrack on vinyl. It's a great soundtrack. Oh, it's so good. And I want James Gunn to make more mixtapes. That guy knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll get into that in the next segment, the effect that song had on me. But one of my favorite things to do now uh, is it's a type of meditation, but it's not very quiet. Speaking of meditation, people have suggested to me, uh, a woman I've had on the show, Brittany Hunter, uh, my brother's girlfriend, Caroline, suggested the same app to me called Headspace. And apparently you, like, put it on in the morning, like, with earbuds, you just sit and relax, and it's like some posh British dude, you might be able to get other voices, just doing life affirmations and, like, positive thing, thoughtfulness. Like, instead of waking up in the morning and just rushing to go for the caffeine and, and you know, just pick up whatever's in front of you, I'll read the news, I'll, I'll fiddle around with the dog for a second. Uh, it, it's like you sit and you listen for 10 minutes and it gets you in the right place. Like, what's your goal today? What do you think about I'm thinking of trying it. I'm not certain. 
Because right now I have a form of meditation. I'm, I'm incredulous. Yeah, you don't think it's a, a goodbye? I'll try the free trial. Far be it from me to judge that. Mm. Because I, I don't do that. I don't, I don't get into a headspace. You know, if I, if I need to clear my head, I haven't been able to do it for the past couple of weeks. But, like, when I get up in the morning and I get in the shower, I just do a bunch of calf raises. Right. Get the blood flowing. Yeah. Try not to slip. Nothing wrong with a little danger to start the morning. That is a little known fact about you. You do have glorious calves. I've been told that. I, I, I don't judge my own calves. Right. You just, they're there and you work them out. Right. Right. Every morning. I mean, this goes back to when we started living together in college you talked mm-hmm. about the calf raises in the mm-hmm. shower yeah and it's i don't know it just gets my blood flowing and then when i get out of the shower i'm ready to rock and roll feeling gaffy <laughs> well and i don't think i need this headspace app i'm gonna try it because it's been suggested and i respect right. people's suggestions but uh my form of meditation my favorite thing to do especially on the weekends when i have time is we sort of light a scented candle. Well, yes, it, it just gets smoky in our living room and the red velvet couch. You've seen the couch. used yeah. to be in the media room. Yeah. Yeah, the red velvet couch. We actually made a shelf out of old speakers and old tabletops. Okay. And that's where we're putting our records now. It looks fantastic. Okay. Yeah, that's better than the stair wall. Yeah. Just a bit better. Yeah, we put up as decoration folks a bunch of... We'd even have a record player. Nope. We had all these vinyls and we... We had vinyls. Well, they... I don't know. It serves as sort of artwork and... Well, the thing with the shelf is you can alternate the ones that you want to really display. It's not pinned to the wall. What am I... What's the word? Decoupage? I don't know. That's not the word. I don't know. Je ne sais quoi. Well, I mean... Yeah. If we're we're speaking (laughs) in French, then I suppose je ne sais quoi. Jemapel Biblioteca? <laughs> Wait, is that Spanish? No, you just said your name... Is library? In Spanish. You said your name is in French, and then you said library in Spanish. Oh, okay. Uh, shows how much I know. I took four years of French in high school and more in college. Somehow ended up in the French National Honor Society, but I can't speak a lick of it. The only way I'm going to learn French is if I go... Like an Owen Wilson and Midnight in uh, Paris. That's a fantastic movie. Love that movie, Woody Allen film. And oh god, it makes me get oh, Woody Allen. All yeah, the rumors around yeah. him. Is icky. I can't watch it. Anymore. But it is a good movie. But, yeah. And the only way I would learn French is if like some French beauty, some woman like took me under her wing, and I, I, I need incentive to pay attention. That's yeah, my point. To speak a lick, so to speak. Yeah, speak a lick of French. Speak a lick. Yeah, it's like Siddhartha, the Buddha, and his many travels. Like he learns at the feet of other wise religious men. Then he learns at the feet of like warriors and and whatnot. And then he learns about love with one woman. And he finds eventually that that isn't the most fulfilling thing in life. You can just sit around having sex all day. Who would want to do that? God forbid. Yeah. Uh, in some cases, people will tell you that he does indeed forbid. Well, he eventually finds his thoughtfulness, his meditation. Uh, being a ferryman on the river. Like, he just ferries people back and forth, and that's where he finds peace and I'm life. glad you unpacked the job title, because it could have just been a title. Yeah, could it? Like, I'm sure there's a bunch of people in San Francisco known as ferrymen. <laughs> but my form of meditation, I keep coming back to this, <laughs> is sitting in that living room, you know, get some candles lit so it smells all right, because the dog keeps licking the couch, that red velvet couch, and it it's a little stinky. His breath is stinking these days. Big fuzzy Buddha. Yeah. Yeah, he is I he is very close to my heart, but he's 
I think because we're so close, I can tell them, dude, your breath smells nasty. Mm -hmm. And there are days where I have nasty breath, but not like that. Yeah. It smells terrible. But I put on a record. And I also put on the 4K TV, like two hours of like a crackling fireplace. Yeah. And it hit me that uh, people... Gives you something to look at while you listen to the music. And there's something about fire that is just draws you in and pulls you in, but... Primal. Made me realize that people always say, oh, I like vinyl records because they sound warm. And I thought about it, and as I was looking at this 4K fire on my television, it hit me. The reason they say it sounds warm is because it does sound like the crackle and pop and hiss of a fire. Like an old vinyl record. Pretty much the exact same thing. Hmm. It's like, that's interesting. I always considered the warmth of a sound to be the lack of a crispiness. Mm. Um, you know, like, so if you have, if you have a snare, right, the warmth of a sound to me is going to the bottom of that snare drum and doing it so that it rattles on the bottom a lot longer than okay. if it's just super crisp and just tight. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just, uh, it hit me that that, how vinyl records sound, especially old ones, sounds like a fire mm -hmm. working. And I find a, a good place to be in. Like, I actually will sit and read lyrics books, listen to songs, and it's like a little journey you get to go on. And it's not as much of a commitment as a movie or watching binge-watching a show. It's like, I'm going to go on this nine-minute journey of Bad Out of Hell. It's a little, like, teenage angst to it. But it's so good. Right. It's so good. Like, the... He builds up to it in the song. Where he's like, I gotta get out of here. He Like, I don't want the happy family right now. I don't want the white picket fence in the home. And even though I think you're, like, the light of the world, this person I'm with tonight, I, I'm gonna run away. Because that's just how I am. And there's this one point where he's left. He's on his motorcycle. And he's thinking of her, but because he's thinking of her, he never saw the curb turning. Oh, boy. And he goes over the hill. And that leads to this part of the song. It's the final part of the song and where he essentially is like broken and twisted in, the f in front of a flazing bike, something like that. But the way they handle this is Todd Rundgren on guitar. Listen to this, see, because you're a fan of some tasty guitar. Oh, yeah. It's just, like, this is an iconic album. It's really Meatloaf's only real big one. He came out with another one that's, like, I would do anything for love. But that one, you know, 
it's because it's so iconic. You're like, yeah, I know Bad Out of Hell. But when I got in that headspace of I'm just going to listen to this song and read the lyrics and just completely consume myself with the song, like, there's a reason it's iconic. I've taken it for granted all these years. That took me away. Not just in a mere escape, but, like, all the emotions I go through of, like, yeah, I've been there where I want to, like, leave and get out of here like a bat out of hell. I wish, like, that's that imagery of he's dying, torn and twisted, and, and his heart flies out of his chest like a bat out of hell. God, I love it. I, I actually, I do that a lot. Not fly like a bat out of hell or right. anything about the Meatloaf song, but get into a headspace where a song hits yeah and then like i'll feel it and i'll i'll go and try and share it with somebody and i'm like you gotta listen to this right oh my god and they, and they look at me like i'm crazy you can't translate it right right well how do i get you in this headspace right it happens with muse a lot with me muse is fantastic mm-hmm. especially that what is the live at wembley yeah harp h-a-a-r-p so good mm-hmm. i had a few car rides with that mm-hmm. and we played it all the time at the apartment in college mm-hmm Starlight. Yeah. Map of the Problematic. Well, and it's something that reminds me of a conversation I was having last week. You remember Riello? Yeah. Taught us over at Catholic, where, you know, we have scientific knowledge, like things you can prove. But when you get into, like, say, a certain headspace, that there really is, okay, there's the actual geography and the place these people occupy materially. And, and, it's like, okay, you could play the same exact song in the same exact way, medium, as somebody else, and they're not going to be in the same place that you achieved. Right. And it makes me go, okay, maybe I I'm, I'm, should be continuing down this road of uh, there are truths that aren't just scientific and empirical. There are truths that are narrative or truths that are more spiritual. And it can be found in something as simple as a, a song that really grips you, where you're bringing something, whether it's a past experience or maybe it is something biological, to the the song. And it's maybe that right moment. Time is also a factor. It almost takes you away from the here and now. It's uh, music. I think w- one big takeaway and why I, I'm such a music lover. It's not just like, oh, it's a great song on the radio. I can get that. But I think you and I both get taken away mm-hmm. by a song where you forget the here and now. Yeah, for me, it used to be all about guitar solos. That's what yeah. always took me away. That's what was quickest to achieve frizzing, if you will, goosebumps. Then it moved on to electronica because electronic music could, you could get more out of simple sounds than you could if you were doing everything analog to digital conversion if you just made it all digital you could mess with sound waves and you could layer and unlayer like mm-hmm. in house music or daft punk in particular right and there's a guy named eric prids and there's a song called opus when you're driving home tonight i want you to put on the song opus okay it's a slow it's a slow build but then it builds and it it doesn't crescendo but it builds into a cacophony of noise. Not like dubstep or bro step or anything like that. This is straight up house roots electronic. Okay. I I feel as if you'll be like, oh my. 
I get it. Well, and it, it took me a little bit. I think the, the snobbery of, oh, you're making that with a computer. That's not music. And it, it, I, I'm not, I don't think that way at all anymore. Right. The, the computers and digital equipment allow us to make music and create sounds or capture sounds in ways that you uh, never would have thought or that was specific to a certain culture. Like what some people can do with their vocal cords is remarkable. You can get some of these crazy sounds that electronic equipment also gives mm-hmm. us. And there's something about a language that you're so steeped in that you might like certain sounds more than others. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about electronic music is you can you can make something sound warm and analog through that if you like. And that's my plan. I plan on getting back into making music again, but with we're probably going to sample a lot of old soul songs because that's what we've been listening to at the house. Naturally. But it's uh it's it's a forever relationship. I don't think I ever get tired of music in general. I might get tired of a particular artist or a particular yeah. type of sound, but I'm not Tom Petty. Right. Tired of Tom Petty. You're tired of Tom even I, after I've his been, tragic I, I've death. I've been tired of Tom Petty since the 5th grade. Well, I'm, I'm glad you you've come out and said it finally. I I love his music. I'm tired of it. <laughs> You've been tired of it. I've been tired of Tom Petty since the fifth grade. Since you're like nine, mm-hmm. ten. Mm-hmm. So you don't like the waiting or American Girl or Won't Back Down. Won't Back Down <laughs> is iconic. Yeah, and it's something you sing in the shower. Yeah. But since fifth grade, I've just been like, hmm. yeah, that's done for me. Yeah. Oh well, that's disappointing. I was about to play some Tom Petty, but I'm I'm scrapping that. That's okay. Yeah. I'm not going to stop you. Dr. Bronson canceled the petty. Yeah. No, please don't cancel the petty. Please do. Yeah, Bronson hates it when I cancel the music orders. <laughs> but that's what we pay you for, Doc. You got to be quick on your feet. Anyway. It's like that Geico commercial. Almost had it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I will say to folks, there's a... Breaking news tonight, the Republican, well, it was a party line vote. The Intelligence Committee uh, voted to release this memo drafted by uh, Congressman Nunes that essentially claims to lay out the abuses in the FISA process that allowed for a lot of Trump associates to be spied on, to have their information collected, emails, phone records, and whatnot, and looked at. Abuses, but legal, or abuses and illegal? Um, it's not clear. That's why I think we need to see the memo. I, I think it could be considered... It was technically legal, but the... Uncouth? Well, and also the the grounds, the standing for getting a FISA warrant... Uh, were not as robust as they presented it to the FISA court. That uh, uh, the big Republican claim is that the dossier that said Trump was, you know, the the dossier from the British agent. Yes. Okay. They're claiming that the FISA warrant was gathered from that dossier, uh, or a big part of why the FISA warrant was given, say fifty percent, was because of that dossier, which is a dossier created by a foreign agent. Well, well, retired by Chris Steele, but Chris Steele was hired by Republicans who were against Trump and then Democrats. Hasn't the majority of what was in that dossier been corroborated and proved to be true? Some of it. I mean, some of it is simple, but there's a lot in there that's kind of speculative. Yeah. And I saw a piece with The Wall Street Journal today 
where they said the dossier actually looks like a Russian uh, hit job in the sense that it meets the same um, way that Russia disseminates false information. They take a lot of stuff that's true. Like they did this with a diplomat who was speaking out on human rights in their country. They took an actual surveillance footage of them. They took a lot of things that were true and then mixed that with a bunch of disinformation. Didn't they do that with uh, Navalny, too, the guy that's running against Putin? Yes. When, I got some true facts about Russia. Hmm. They got banned from the Paralympics for doping again. Wow. Absolute joke. Well, and then you've got North Korea is going to be at the Olympics in South Korea, and they're, mm-hmm. Kim Jong-un did this whole speech about reunification. Mm-hmm. Which makes me go, oh, Lord, what's going to happen with this? It's just classic posturing. They'll be I back to so. fear-mongering in no time at all. I think so. Once they get a little bit of oil back, then it'll be like, oh, okay, now we can push for food. Yeah. Did you watch the Grammys last night? No, I did not. No, I didn't either. I watched the Royal Rumble, the road to WrestleMania. Big wrestling guy, huh? I was playing a game called Warframe. A game? Yeah, video game. Warframe. It's free. It's nice. It's fun. Is it like a first-person shooter, or...? Third person. Third person. Shooter. Yeah. Okay. Space ninjas. Space ninjas. Yeah. You, you, you have to say it really sort of casually, though. Space ninjas. You know, but even... I have a feeling, Troy, even if you have a, let's say, a bad back going forward in life, that you might be called on by our government, by some group with that hand-eye coordination. Like, I mean, you're going to be manning the drones or the mech warriors. I have a, we have a group chat with Aaron and Kyle. Yeah. Okay, and I when I got the news that I was going to... Well, the doctor said, you need surgery. He was like, I'm setting you up with a surgical console. I said, okay. He said, you're never going to be able to play soccer again. I'm sorry, man. I was really bummed. Yeah. Uh, Might have cried a little bit. And the nurse on the way out, not her fault. This is just being a good host, if you will, was mm. like, I hope you have a great day. And I was like, I'm... I just got some real bad news, lady. Sport I love, I can no longer play. And she was like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. So, okay, bye. Anyway, I told him, I said, guys, I'm not going to be able to carry the team on my back anymore. <laughs> Which I'm glad they got a kick out of. Because I find that when something not good happens, that if you can make a joke about yes. it, bring some, some brevity, some light to it, it makes it a little bit better. Well, and it allows you to look at it like, or a little bit removed. You see the irony of it. Right. I think that's, our country has plenty of irony in it, but uh, not a lot, a lot of lack of understanding that it's there. Do you ever read The Onion? Oh, yeah. Have you ever noticed how a lot of headlines today look suspiciously like they came straight out of The Onion? Right. It's it's so odd. We live in odd times. Yeah, we do. We really do. And, well, we got to hit a break here. Well, coming back, I want to share the song that um, you said you don't probably, you did cry, or you might have. I, Off the record, you might have cried after getting your bad news. It was a tear. Yeah. A tear. And I was like... Well, it's like something that's always been there. It's like, well, that might not be there anymore. Right. I experienced the same emotion this weekend. Um, yes, but not from a recent thing. Um, it's amazing how old memories come back and you process things over years at a time. Right. And uh, coming back, I'll, I'll come out of the break with the song that inspired that. Um, careful when you listen to that song and you actually listen. It might bring up some emotions. But for now, 
We're leaving this segment with Bat Out of Hell. Be right back. Mondays with Troy. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Talk to you all in a minute. Joey Clark. Joey Clark. Now, welcome back. And yeah, um, Cat Stevens, Yusuf Islam. It's not time mm. to make a change. Just relax, take it easy. We mentioned how you, a song hits you and it's hard to translate it. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to try to do that right now. I'm listening to this song yesterday. Just kind of by myself in the living room, got the 4K fire going on the television, and I really got into this song, and it brought back a lot of uh, memories of like my mom when she got sick and passing, but it made me think about, because the song is father and son, literally, uh, father giving advice about my own dad, and... It just hit me that I don't have a home anymore. The home that I grew up in. And it was like, not a despairing thought, it was more just a realization. Like you can go, you know, I'm more than two years removed from my mom's passing. And three, four years since all of that went on, because it wasn't just the day she died, it was everything leading up to it. I tell folks I think I lost my mom a year before she even died. Like this, imagine, folks, the ultimate tragedy. You knew her, Troy. Yeah. Like this incredible, the dynamo, the heart of our family, like energy, almost too demanding sometimes, too much a perfectionist. But this person that was always striving and had their wits about them to see them that go away while they're still living, it was heartbreaking. And for the longest time, I was just dealing with that. That fact. Um, but then I, it hit me just yesterday. Like, I don't have that home anymore. Not just her, but like my dad's trying to move on and find his own place. And it's almost like the home was blown up and the fragments were thrown across the state. And instead of kind of wallowing in the past, uh, Instead of sort of having that teenage angst like meatloaf and bat out of hell, like I'm going to ride like a bat out of hell out of here even though I enjoy it, it's due time that I start building my own home. It made me start thinking about that concept of what is a home. I mean, I have a house I stay in. Yeah, We've stayed at plenty of apartments. This is a, this is a metaphysical concept. It really is a metaphysical concept. It goes back to the, being in that headspace with the song. It's... It's not the material thing. That's nice. I've been to some homes where it's like, this is remarkable. But what's really special about those homes is it's not just cool stuff. Like somebody hit the lottery and bought a bunch of cool stuff. But a lot of these homes, I, like people in their 40s and 50s who have built things up over the years, it's like, oh, no, you worked two, three years so you could do this add-on, and you were there when it was being constructed, and you're proud of it. It's a sense of something you envisioned and you built up. And that's just the physical home. I mean, home, I think, has to do with family, number one, the people you invite in to share a meal. And something um, Tom Riello told me off-air yesterday, you know, good old Father Carucci, 
Yeah. I saw The Fifth Element with him. Really? Well, it wasn't like a conscious decision. We both ended up in the same theater at the same time. <laughs> and I thought, I was always struck. It was Father Carucci and a guy named Father Sherlock. I was always struck how odd it was that there were two priests watching The Fifth Element. But then it occurred to me that they're just people, too. Right, exactly. But uh, Riello shared a piece of advice Carucci has told a lot of people. Um, it's not like some deep theological point. It's not some deep political point, whatever. But the reason the conversation came up is I said, for a little while, I think politics was my religion. And I think that's actually part of the problem with politics these days. People take it in such a personal and prideful way. When you attach it to your identity, it becomes a true, a real real fight. And so you get all these idealists who want to change the world in one way or another. Especially if you're young or maybe something big has happened in your life and now you want to be an activist in some way. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But there's all this talk, of, I want to change the world. And before I get to Carucci's point, it makes me think of a, some of my favorite satire, talking about irony. H.L. Mencken used to do these things called utopian flights. And he, one, he suggested if we really want to save Christendom and Christianity, that everybody once a week should get gently stewed or buzzed. <laughs> because people, not drunk, mind you, just a little bit, you know, like one, two glasses of wine, because everybody at that point is much happier. Now, you might not want somebody with two glasses of wine, you know, sawing your arm off or amputating you. You might not want them as the head of your navy. But if everybody's gently stewed, everybody's more amiable, more you know, uh, uh, pliable to suggestion. And you have a better dinner party, a better time. Another one Mencken did is he said, all these philanthropists, they make all this money. And he's talking like Rockefeller and Carnegie. But you know, they make, you know, Bill Gates today, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos. They've got all this money. And what are they going to do? Some banal, boring thing like build a school or donate money to a university or build a hospital. Ugh. Mm -hmm. Like, all of you do the same damn thing. Soup kitchen? Yeah, original idea, bub. Mencken suggested that these rich philanthropists, if they want to do something interesting, remind, remember, folks, this is 1920. You want to do something interesting, take all those millions of dollars and import 40,000 Muslims to Georgia. Let's see what happens. I like it, H.L. I like it, Mr. Minkin. Good Lord. Yeah. Oh, he saw that he was ahead of his time. He saw the writing on the wall, how that would go over. Mm -hmm. But Kirchie's point was this, um, and it very much resonates with how I view things and how I want to start to build a home. He said, instead of trying to change the world by joining a political party or you know, even joining a given organized religion or... Uh, you know, serving at a soup kitchen, giving a little bit of your time, all great things. But if you want to change the world on a one-to-one -one basis, invite somebody over that you haven't had an in-depth conversation with for dinner. Might go well, might go bad. But the world really gets changed when people, to use a Christian term, break bread together. There's something about sharing food, sharing the things you love, and just sitting down and trying to understand one another that is very much lacking in our conversations, at least publicly. And it's something I want to do with this show, and I think it's how I want to start to build a, a new home, is getting to know people. It's not like, I don't want ever to become a chore or a duty, like, oh, I haven't met my stranger for the week. But it is where I can, where it kind of flows out organically, just have interesting conversations with people the best I can, and 
hey, maybe one of those interesting people will end up being something more than interesting. It'll build into something more meaningful. But I think that's very wise advice from good old Father Karuji. This is going to sound really weird, mm-hmm. especially coming from me. But I got a prayer for you, dude. Okay. St. Francis prayer. It's basically all about being the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. If you were to you know, really boil it down. But if you're looking to make a home and you want to do it via Father Carucci's advice, the St. Francis prayer is a good place to start. Okay. It was actually my grandmother. Um, she's still alive and kicking, but she's over at John Knox. Um, her favorite saint, I believe, was St. Francis. He's a pretty cool dude. All sorts of little statues and figurines. Yes, she was Catholic, so a little idolatrous, in, you know, in the opinion of some other denominations. You could but, call them idols, but for us, they're vehicles. Yeah, they're just, you know, a way that you connect with the larger world. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a reminder. It is like uh, a piece of music. that It took that Cat Stevens song, and it, it just hit me. Like took that song to cause some reflection yeah it it hit me to where i i mean i was shedding a tear i wasn't bawling my eyes out but the eyes were you know getting a little puffy like mm, mm-hmm. no be a man stuff it down bees making honey at the back of your throat indeed mm-hmm. and it, you can't I've, I've gone through two extremes one was like there's always going to be this golden future on the horizon the grass is always greener and so you're always stuck in this utopian future that's never going to come. Uh, at reading Carl Jung, he said that's the same thing as somebody who's always stuck in some golden past that's never going to come back. Mm-hmm. And so instead of being stuck in a past that's never coming back or stuck in a future that has no foundations here on Earth, be in the here and now the best you can and try to build it over time. You get to be your own Oz, in a sense. Yeah. It's, it's pretty... Pretty poignant. Yeah, and I'm. Uh, I didn't expect to come on air and talk about this, but it hit me yesterday. And it was the most important thing in my mind. Mm-hmm. And then, I, like the weirdest juxtaposition came in my head because that song is also the one because I was listening off the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two soundtrack. It's the last song on there. The one from the credits that they had made for. No, it's it's the last song on like the first LP. It's a double LP. Oh, okay, but the father and son, Cat Stevens. And that's the song they use when Yondu sacrifices himself. Mm-hmm. And, of course, so that beautiful imagery of, like, the people who had exiled him and forsaken him, the Ravagers come back and realize he did this incredible thing at the end of his life to redeem himself. And he was the father to Star-Lord in a way that no, he didn't expect and, and Peter didn't expect. And it, like, hit me. Oh, man. You can, it doesn't have to necessarily be blood, doesn't have to be, oh, I set up a family and I had kids, so that is wonderful. It can be, I was a great friend to somebody, and maybe it wasn't like a conversation every day, or I was, I was a shoulder to cry on for somebody. I helped save somebody. I mean, there's all sorts of ways I think we can sort of redeem ourselves. And to be honest, the reason this, I think, made me so poignant and so emotional is uh, I'm, it scares the hell out of me. I am still that teenager who wants to listen to Meatloaf and how I'm going to run away like a bat out of hell every time things start going well. Mm-hmm. I think building a home is what scares me the most. Like, I can talk my way out of a paper bag, but uh, 
Can't be as a BSer. Exactly. Can't be as a BSer. Well, looks like there's somebody on the phones, Troy. Holla at your boy. Let's see. Line one. News talk here on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is Nikki. Hey, what's up, man? And what's your name again? Hey, Nikki. Like a uh, little Nikki. Oh, Nikki, okay. 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 Hey, what's up, man? Uh, I was going to share like a song that puts me in my headspace. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the band Pussifer? You said Pussifer? Yeah. Yeah, so the band Pussifer is also, like, the, the lead guy, he's also the lead singer of Tool and A Perfect Circle. Okay. Or not lead singer, yeah. but lead musician guy. Okay. And Pusifer is yeah. more of the the sexual version of what he's trying to get across than and with Tool or A Perfect Circle. Okay. have great harmony. Like, I, I, anything with harmonizing, I, it just puts me in my headspace. Like, The Humbling River, hmm. that's, that's my favorite song by them. That, the arsonist. I can sit there, I can drive for hours just listening to songs on repeat. I'm a truck driver, so that's all I really do is just listen to music drive. Yeah, you get that soundtrack to life. Do you do you kind of purposely set out a soundtrack, or do you, like... Well, yeah, I, I have certain songs that I'll, I'll put on, so like a little playlist that I'll listen to. And then, you know, they just put me, they just, I zone out, and I could... Just building music, I guess, is the best way to put it. I do that a lot, man. I totally... It's it's nice to be able to do that, isn't it? What's the name of the songs you said again? You said The Arsonist and... Uh, the Humbling River. The Humbling River. Okay. I'm, I tell you what, I'm definitely going to listen to that when I get out of here. Yeah. Well, I, I really uh, appreciate you sharing that. Um, does it... It just... It's the harmony itself that sort of makes you relax? Yeah. They had, the backup vocalist is a female, and they just pair together so well. I, I don't know what it is about it. It just makes me relax. Well, I like that mystery, too. There are just certain songs. Either it, it was a pivotal point in life, or there's just the music itself makes the brain rewire. It goes, oh, okay, I can, I can go down these rabbit holes. I can think about these things. It's the beauty yeah. of, of music itself. It's... I don't think I, I think we're barely scratching the surface on how that affects the brain and neurology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I appreciate well, the call, man. All right. Uh, thanks, Nick. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, I'm glad he said Nicky. I yeah, I thought he was saying something, yeah, something else. else, like Dickies. Yeah. Yeah. Like the the brand of Clothing. outerwear. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought he said. And I'm thinking of songs that, like, you and I, like, shared. There was that moment when you mentioned Muse earlier. It was before mm -hmm. the Harp album, though. It's when Resistance came out. Yep. And we bought it on iTunes, and we put up the big, like... It was it was the first iTunes, like, LP thing they had mm -hmm. with... They, they loaded the album art and everything. Yeah, I remember that. And the, the it was raining. We went to the bank. The concept of... The last three songs is like exogenesis, where mm -hmm. life is brought by some other greater beings to this planet, and yeah, a little too Scientology for me. Yeah, that's a little too much. But speaking of a bat crap crazy organization, I mean, if it helps somebody like what we've been talking about all night, helps you audit, so to speak, like past experiences that actually happened to you, fine. But if it's like the power of suggestion, like. Oh, talk about it. No, that doesn't have to do with your mother. Maybe that was a past life. 
that's holding on to. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That gets a little much for me. A little much. I'm trying to think. Was it The Time? Skillet? Hmm. Was it Skillet? Was that the name of the song? They had two songs that were exactly the same, but the lyrics were different. And I think the bass chord progression was different. Blondie and Skillet? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. We, we, we really vibed over that song. Yes. Those songs, rather. Uh, Joe Crocker. A little help for my friends. Oh. Except it was from the that soundtrack. Across the Universe soundtrack? Yeah. The musical? Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. That was, yeah, well... Get by with a little help from my friends. Y'all know the lyrics of the song. We might have lived it. Um, yeah, and that was the perfect song for that moment. Because mm-hmm. that's when we were that age. Like, you begin... It's very it's very idealistic, that age. Uh, even when it's rough and difficult. It's like you still have all the hope in the world. You live a little life. I was talking about this with Jonathan. My, you know, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. My roommate... Uh, the tw- our 20s have sucked for different reasons <laughs> but it's just been we were just sitting before a movie fourth I went to see Thor Ragnarok with him because he hadn't seen it yet where was when was this a few weeks oh, ago okay okay and uh and somehow we got talking at a bar over the subject came up of like his difficulties and mine and like I felt like one of the the dorky kids in school again because somebody who works here came in with her husband and like all their friends and they're all like these they at least from outward appearances like CrossFit incredible shape like they're making a little bit of money here there it seems like life is clicking I'm sure life's more complicated than that but just outward appearances I'm sitting there stooped over a beer with Jonathan going oh no you you went through that already and. Like, I, I've been dealing with death all around, and like, when does this ease up? When does life become happy-go-lucky? Like, we were always told, if you believe it, it'll happen. Bull crap. Mm-hmm. Bull crap. But are you ever going to get into wrestling? No. No? You're no. just closed off to that possibility? I remember, well, I was into it when I was a kid. This was back in the NWO Wolfpack days. We tried to get into the ECW a little bit. Mm. A little too violent. I remember there was a vacation Bible school and my neighbor like took me and he was like the fixer. He set up a wrestling match between me and this other kid. Wow, so you actually did some backyard wrestling. Yeah. That turned you off. Well, I just grew out of it. <laughs> I've, I'm growing back into it. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I just, I'm, and I'm sure your viewing experience is much different now oh. that you get the subtlety and nuance of the acting yeah. than when you were a kid. Yeah, and they're now incorporating a lot of uh, new technology. Like, they're doing promos as sort of like selfie, Facebook Live videos. They're, yeah, they've got this thing called Mix Match that shows up on Facebook Live, like on Tuesday nights or something, where it's like a tag team match with a guy and a girl on each team. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all right. It's like a fun first try. I'm not even sure about the whole Facebook Watch thing because they, they're now like cracking down on content providers. What's that? Facebook's making their own watch? Yeah. It's like YouTube TV, but Facebook TV. That's, and they're producing their own original shows. And That's pretty lame, dude. I agree. Like, it's not going to work. I mean, if you're going to make something couture or bespoke, I don't think you should use your social media platform to do it, but then again, 
I would rather just set up a whole entirely new company. If you're going to take the money that you made off of Facebook, you just make a new company, and then you could have it be sponsored by Facebook, and you could bring the interconnectedness that way. But if you're going to force interconnectedness down people's throats, a la social media, especially something as powerful and potent as Facebook, you should be careful. Oh, yeah. Well, and I... But look at me. I'm giving advice to him. Are you kidding me? That's not going to work. He's just... I'm a plebe. <laughs> Compared to Vince McMahon? No. Uh, oh, Zuckerberg? Zuckerberg, yeah. Although, okay. I'm, I'm also a plebe to Vince McMahon, bringing back the XFL. Oh, that's going to be fun. Probably not going to last long, but it's going to be fun. I just hope they have cool names on the back of their jerseys again. Yeah. Well, I was a Birmingham Bolts fan. I was a homeboy. Oh, wow. I don't even remember any of the teams from that day. I know that I think Trump was involved, though. Oh, I'm sure he was. He, like, some of the earliest WrestleManias were at uh, Trump like, Plaza. He, like, owned an XFL team or two or three. Well, and that, folks, by the way, on just to end on a bizarre note, it, you know, we've been all you know, heartfelt and me sharing my, bearing my soul in some ways tonight. Uh, but go watch. They put it together on their YouTube channel, WWE's channel, the summary of the battle of the billionaire so-called between trump and vince mcmahon it is once hysterical and also a bit horrifying and surreal you're like you get into it then you go wait that's the president that's the president (laughs) tackling vince mcmahon outside the ring and punching him in the face and then shaving mcmahon's head wait that's the president who just got a stone cold stunner from steve austin Wait, that's the anybody on the left. You want to see somebody rip Donald Trump a new one? Look up Stone Cold Steve Austin's promo against Trump. Trump's like right in the ring, two feet, three feet away from Stone Cold's face, and Stone Cold is talking down to him like he would talk down to anybody. It's the brilliance of the character. He doesn't like authority figures, right? And everybody loves that. But it is the most surreal, hilarious, at times horrifying. You go, wow, wow. I'm not looking down my nose at it, but it's it is bizarre, man. I mean, I I, I look down my nose at it. I think it's pretty lame. <laughs> but but I do some really lame stuff too. Right. Like how are you lame? Well, that was more a general question. I'm not putting you on the spot. Mm. Like tell us how much of a dork you are, Troy. I'm currently reading a book series called The Engineering Trilogy. It is that is good. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to make you read it. Okay. I feel like there's some things that you'll be able to take out of it. He, there's some also some philosophical discourse in there about the nature of tolerance as it regards mechanisms, mm-hmm. like flywheels, things like that. Um, I play a lot of video games. I, uh, I have an eclectic taste in sports teams. You went on a hot sauce kick for a little while. I went on a hot sauce. You know what? We, we tried a new... Uh, chili pepper. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a relish, but it's it's sambal olek. Well, you can get sambal olek with garlic in it. Hmm. I wouldn't recommend it. It's the garlic is too sharp. It needs to be cooked with. Well, um, pepper mash. And tomorrow night, I'm talking to Diamond Tyler. She works at Jams here at Blue Water, and we might be discussing generally her life, but uh, probably dating. In like the twenty somethings for you know, she's twenty five I think that's a really good idea for a date Joey interview your date on air I'm not asking her we work together oh hey all right hope she's not listening now that's <laughs> awkward maybe we'll handle the topic sometime because you know we haven't been on dates in years probably and 
Nope, just one night stands. 